We are back in business, baby. It feels good to be back at the studio, for lack of a better word. We haven't been here in a long time, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think early Advent. Yeah, that's right. Because then we, right. did, we did one or two at St. Joseph's and then one at my house. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Good well, good afternoon, here. everybody. The big game is coming up. Does that drive you nuts? They were Why? on the news. No, not the fact that big games coming up, but on whenever it is an ad for it, it's always the big game because the NFL won't let them use Super Bowl. So it's like the big game, wink, wink. <laughs> Come on, NFL. <laughs> You're printing money. Can people just say the Super Bowl? <laughs> you know me enough by now, Father Dave. The littlest things get me annoyed. The stupidest <laughs> things get me annoyed. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah. You just you, you need something. I need. I do need something to keep me annoyed. I think you're right. It keeps me going. You're one of these people who are only happy if they're unhappy. There's a therapist listening thing. I can make so much money over that guy, <laughs> and he wouldn't be wrong. Oh man, he's got so many issues. Wow. Like I've said many times, poor Jen, my wife. Your wife is a saint. She is. Uh, do you have any rooting interest in uh, this game on Sunday? Well, this one's tough for me. So. I know a guy mm-hmm. who's dating a girl who knows a guy who lives in Cincinnati. That's like a thousand degrees of separation. <laughs> I know. Wow. <laughs> who owns like a religious store. And yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> and, and Joe Burrow goes to the religious store. So, so I found out that Coach walked in there from the Bengals okay. and ordered like oh, like for the entire team, Our Lady of Victory necklaces for the entire team. So like, there's a part of me that's okay, like, that's kind of cool. I love that, okay. right? Because this guy, there's, there's got to be some kind of like you gotta, you gotta at least know some of your Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Right. But then on the other end, right? And I like I like Joe Burrow and and you're right. It's an exciting team. But like, I'm a Detroit Lion fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Stafford, Stafford, yeah. Suffered. I mean, I loved him. I loved him there, but I was happy when he left because I wanted to see the guy win. Mm -hmm. And now he's got the chance to win. And I know it's not with my team, but I want to see him win because he's, I just like him. He's a nice guy. Um, That, that will be nice to see. I I don't, I don't really have a rooting interest either. The Bengals have certainly been exciting. The playoffs, I'm not a biggest NFL fan like we've talked about. The playoffs are incredible though. They're incredible. Every game was going to really overtime. Yeah. So I'm, I I know this sounds so cliche. I'm just hoping for a good game, you know, and a fun game. The little that I know though, I do worry that the, the Bengals offensive line is just so bad and that, (laughs) and that LA getting carried off in a cart. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And LA has a pretty good defense. But you know it'll be fun. I I, yeah. root, I root for the silliest things. Like I'll like if there's like a Catholic on the team, I'll root for that team. <laughs> Who is the quarterback? I just, I can't believe Philip Rivers. Yeah, yeah. So I was rooting for the Chargers. The one year he played for Indianapolis, I was rooting for that. Yeah, yeah. It's like silly reasons. It's not like the other guys are bad because I just, I just I like when he when he first came up, I never. I never really went crazy for him. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that he was a Catholic. He's got like yeah. eight kids. I'm like, oh, we can root for this guy. He spoke at a, like a Focus or a C conference or something two I years ago. I heard about that. Yeah. yeah. He was actually, yeah. you know, for an athlete, he was pretty good. The part I always find intriguing, and this is just silly, is what uniforms they're wearing. Like, what will the color scheme be? <laughs> if it's if it's looks... That's why I'm so happy the Chiefs are out. I hate that red. <laughs> well, it's like that cherry red. I, 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 was, uh, I had seen a friend uh, pull up in the parking lot at the parish 
I didn't have the mask because I was going out to get a cup of coffee. Yeah. And she was like, oh, you don't have this one, do you? Right? I said, no, I don't have this mask. So I was like, oh, you guys getting ready for the Super Bowl? She goes, I don't want the bangles. I hate that color orange. She's like, oh, it's obnoxious. Okay. And I'm right. like, May, I might just buy her a bangle shirt if she wins, if they win. <laughs> should, well, we're Mets fans. Right. So we have orange. We're used to that orange. Yeah, and I'm an Islander fan, so I'm used to it. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. We'll, we'll, we'll it's see. It's going to be a great. I, you know what? I mean, for at least for my family, like my myself, I'm with I'm with my family, so we get together and we just, you know, we have boxes, you know that 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 becomes a rooting interest if none of our if already of oh, our teams right. are in it. Right. You know. So yeah, I'm like, not yeah. in any boxes this year, but I'll just yeah. I'll have fun anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing it is on on Sunday is. Is this the fourth week in ordinary time? No, it's going to be the sixth. We're up to six already. <laughs> yeah, you know what I was thinking. We had we had mass here earlier today. We had a freshman retreat, and this is what's going on in my mind as I'm walking up to receive <laughs> communion from you. I'm thinking, <laughs> there's no like if Madison Avenue ever got a hold of the church, we we got to get rid of the name ordinary time because it's just so much. <laughs> it's just so not fun. I'm sure they could rebrand it a little bit, right? And make it something. It's like it's just ordinary. It's when nobody's really excited about it. You could tell the church is for real, and it really it, up. it really believes in what it does because it it sometimes makes no effort to put itself out there and and be like fun. <laughs> Guys, coming from the one who doesn't want anything to do with fun, yeah, you're not wrong on that either. But that that's really what I was thinking about. As I'm going to receive communion. This, this body is... of Christ, body of Christ, yeah. body of Christ. Hmm, I wonder what we could do with ordinary time. How else could we, what can we rebrand this? The color green, I don't need to change that. The green's fine. Maybe a different shade. <laughs> oh, man. But well, while we I, are in ordinary I, I, time. I, I am thinking that this is hysterical, though, that we, we are going to go, we're going to dive into Jesus's most profound moment, mm -hmm. right, in, in his preaching. But last time we actually recorded, it was about Spider-Man. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't listened to the episode, you should. We had some audio difficulties, which I apologize for. We were on the road again. Or it, it was in my house, but we were in the studio. <laughs> and we had, but it, it pretty much leveled out. I just listened to it the first time the other day. Um, and uh, we had our, our um, the director of youth ministry, Nolan Reynolds, on. And I think we're going to have him on again, but he could never talk about Jesus. Yeah, no, no, we should definitely... It's just going to be something. movies. <laughs> no, no, we know you know Jesus, but we don't yeah. really want you to talk about him. And we, we had my son on, who's like a walking encyclopedia about movies, so I think we'll uh, we'll do that again. Oh, my goodness, yeah. That, that was a yeah. lot of fun. So, yes, we are into uh, ordinary time as we kind of get ready for Lent only a few weeks away. And what we thought we would do moving forward on a, on a more regular basis is present to you the readings for Sunday. Whether you're Catholic or not, um, what the readings that the whole the Catholic Church throughout the world will will read and and um, and present as as almost like sacramental ways of, of understanding not almost uh, sacramental ways of understanding Jesus <laughs> and um, but there's there's so much background to it that we thought we would also try to explain it not have it be like a theology course but maybe say a few things that might you know might help you when you're listening to it make a little sense and say well that's why they said that or that's why they use this language um, and we hope that in the next few weeks be able to do that might enliven your love of scripture 
uh, a little bit. Was Saint uh, Jerome said, "Ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ." I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, and as Catholics, we're not always great about that. I think you know some of the other religions are are far better at at um at kind of diving into Scripture. Um, yeah, and, we're not awful, but but we could we could do better. So that's going to be our attempt for the next few weeks. And and as as we've kind of really been very open and honest with is that we're still trying to figure out and navigate through all of this of, mm-hmm. as how we really kind of want to go forward and yeah. kind of bring in the students and, and other people to come on. And we're kind of just working through it. Uh, the life just here gets crazy here at the school. So it's a little hard to describe. <laughs> yeah. So we, so we figured why not just keep it simple? Yeah. Right. That, that's one of the priests in the seminary. He just said, kiss guys, go by that acronym. Mm-hmm. And he said, if for your homilies, for when you talk to people, keep it simple, stupid. And he enjoyed really calling us stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the gospel for this Sunday is is the are the Beatitudes really, and it's from Luke's Beatitudes. So we wanted to say very very briefly about how each of the gospel writers had a different audience. Um, so Matthew's uh, his audience. Per- Dominantly were Jewish Christians, so those those Jews who were following Christ followed him after the resurrection. Um, so a lot of his his language, his allusions would make sense to Jewish people. May need to be explained to us a little bit about what he meant, but make sense to Jewish people. They would understand that that Messiah, maybe much different from one they were expecting, was theirs. Luke, on the other hand speaks to Gentiles, so speaks to anyone who is not Jewish. So his is a more universal approach. So a, a great example of that is what we're about to uh, read, the Beatitudes, in Matthew's Gospel comes from what we would know, I think it's chapters 5 through 8, the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. And that mount is really a reference to Mount Sinai. Um, it, it, Jesus very often is understood to be, in Matthew's Gospel, the new Moses. So that that idea of the mountain is something that Jewish people would understand, where in Luke's Gospel, the, these Beatitudes come from the Sermon on the Plain, and the Plain being a flat area where we um, everybody is on equal footing. It's, it's very much a universal Gospel. So there's other distinctions, too, but we wanted to at least say that. Now, all that being said, as we kind of go through this Gospel, as we're going to interpret it and, and offer you ways to interpret it, we will, I think, kind of go back and forth between Matthew and Luke. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's what we're going to try to do. And let's go. Yeah, you want to read it? Sure. Sure. So we're taking this from the sixth chapter of Luke. This is what the gospel uh, for this upcoming Sunday will be. And Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And he lifted up his eyes on the disciples and said, Blessed are the poor. Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you, and cast out your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward will be great in heaven. For so their fathers did, 
to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you that are full now, for you shall hunger. Woe to you that laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. <clears throat> so what are you thinking about as you're, as you're reading that? So I had, the, uh, I had the opportunity, I came across this, this little tiny book of reflections here. Uh, because, uh, quite honestly, the, the, the Beatitudes always kind of stumped me. Uh, and, and so I had always, I was always looking for... How do they stump you? Well, maybe it's I'm just not used to uh, some of the language there, mm-hmm. where, where I'm not really understanding what really what, what our Lord is So saying. they weren't totally clear on how they applied to your life, necessarily? That's exactly it. Yeah. 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 So... Uh, so always, uh, and and what happened in the in the seminary um, was was we were covering so much in the Bible, and we only had so many courses to mm-hmm. do it in that so much of it uh, you, you really had to do on your own. So the thing I really do love and appreciate, uh, which keeps which keeps things uh, definitely fresh in my soul, uh, is that you have to it has to be ongoing. Mm. There was. You, you couldn't study everything in the Bible. You couldn't study everything that the church particularly taught in, in every single document, right? You have to continue to do it on your own. And uh, <clears throat> I was in the religious store recently, and I came across this book, The Cross and the Beatitudes uh, by Fulton Sheen. And I, I mean, those of you who have heard us before, you know that I love him. I, I read and listen to him. You know, I have the app on the phone and I'll listen to his homilies and, and the talks that he had given back in the fifties. And what he, what he attempts to do here in this small book, it's only a hundred pages is he relates each beatitude to the last words of Christ. And so let's just say for argument's sake, now I'll be honest with you. I've, I've only had the opportunity to read chapter one and read and reading chapter one is the first beatitude that we hear from Luke. Uh, blessed are the meek, for they shall possess the land, you know, where the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And in he connects that, uh, Fulton Sheen connects that with the last words of Jesus, uh, like the last seven words of Christ on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So in the chapter you know, that, I, uh, that, that really hit me, I guess I never really completely understood for myself uh, what it meant to be meek, mm-hmm. and 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 really that whole understanding of where where are we as Christians called to be humble and respectful and not cross the line into being like a complete pushover. And I think in for the first time it came it, it has come to light for me in this mm-hmm. in meditation. Um, I think you would. Um, you're going to read it for a little bit yeah. from this now, and it really is a beautiful passage um, because that that really is always a fine line. When do I fend, defend my faith? When do I have to be vociferous about it? Um, but when do I have to, you know, kind of look at the other with love? One of the terms we've been bantering about just in internal conversations 
with is, um, can I love like Jesus loves? Right. You know, and right. I would admit that I would love to do that. I don't, I don't know how to do that. I want to, and I ask him to help me, you know, and I think that is getting at what, what you're talking about here. How do we be meek where we can right. uh, defend, be proud of our faith and, and realize what the gift of it, that it is, but, um, but not be a jerk about it. Yeah. And then like where to be respectful yep. towards others mm-hmm. and where's the line where I have to be respectful of myself and stand up for myself. Right. So I think he had done a really good job and and they're just a I mean the chapter is only like three pages, mm-hmm. four pages long. Um but he says this at one particular point. He says, A weak man can never be meek because he is never self-possessed. Meekness is the virtue that controls the combative, violent, and pugnancy powers of our nature, and is therefore the best and noblest road to self-realization. He goes on to say that the meek man is not a man that refuses to fight, nor is he a man who will never become angry. A meek man is someone who will never do one thing. He will never fight when his conceit, his individual opinion is attacked, but only when a principle is at stake. And there is the keynote to the difference of the anger of the violent man and the anger of the meek man. Would that Fulton Sheen be living today and read what's online? <laughs> right. Even even on Catholic Twitter. Yeah. You've heard me say this before, folks. It's awful. It's, Stay off Twitter if you're Catholic. And like, don't look at Catholic things. They're it, terrible. It, and Some of them. It's unbelievable. I read that. I read that in my room. And I just, after, you know, you ever read something and you get so blown away by yeah, it? Yeah, That you just have to like sit there for a moment because your mind Take is it blown. in. Yeah, and absolutely. take it in. Yeah. I paused right there and I stopped and I don't know how long I stopped. And I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. It, it it was one of those light bulb moments for me and understanding what a meek man is. Yeah. The, um, when we could put aside our, our personal opinion and then stand up for a principle. And I, I still think, you know, back to the original question of defending faith and whatnot, there, there's still a, a gray area there that we have to discern and pray about. Um, mm-hmm. But he kind of, what I love about that, he takes us out of the picture, which it should always be the case. Yeah. Like it should never be about us. Right. Um, but that that is really beautiful. And I know exactly what you mean when you when you take that in and and, and it almost has to seep in your brain. Oh, and think man. about all the ramifications. Then you want to do more about it and think about it more and see what other relevance it has. Well, and I think what would help me out too, I, I completely agree. One of the things that helped me out was relating the, that that moment in, with Christ on the cross mm-hmm. to what he was stating. Yeah. And, and, and how Jesus is, is, is filled with meekness at that moment because He's actually stronger Strong, th- yeah. at that moment when he's praying for everybody else to the fa- like handing everybody over to the Father and saying forgive them. Mm-hmm. Like he's n- his he's not he's not angry. He he understands like he understands that they do not know what they do. Yeah. He's like owning the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and and like putting in that in that context and in that light it really helped me to understand um the principle at work and what it means to be a meek man yeah you know it's funny it, it sounds a little new age-ish too you know, your strength is in your composure type mm-hmm. of thing. Right. And and I think the uh, – I've read this before. It's not my own original thought that the secular world always reinvents Christianity and, and renames it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's what that, – I was that, that's not what this is. This is Fulton Sheen. But you could see someone saying that today and, and you know, someone who says, well, you know, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious, that that line. Um but it 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 this was written probably you know, probably back in the fifties and right. then and certainly and the thought behind it is not new. No. He just expresses no. it so much. He just expressed it that yeah. way. But I think um, uh, one of the one of the things that I think I was able to personally relate to, and I might have shared this. Uh, I might have shared this particular story uh, before, uh, so I apologize if you've heard it before. But I remember celebrating Mass one day uh, on a Sunday. And as I began to preach, I turned my head because I wanted to engage the entire congregation. And I had seen someone that I had gone to school with. And this particular person uh, in my junior year, sophomore year, junior year, uh, now it was probably junior year, for no reason at all, it just took it upon themselves to really just ridicule the heck out of me. Uh, it was beyond teasing. I, I guess we would term it as bullying. Uh, but I had not realized how much resentment I had had because I had not mm-hmm. seen this person in 20 years, 20 plus. And as soon as I saw this person, as I'm preaching on the altar... My heart was filled with so much rage, uh, and I turned around to the other side of the congregation, and in my heart, I'm preaching. I have no idea what I'm preaching about at this point, right? And I'm preaching, and I'm like, Lord, I will not forgive. I will not forgive. <laughs> and and he said, forgive. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what it was. One of these moments, the only moments in my life that I could say I was multitasking, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't really know how well because I don't know what I was preaching about that day. And I turned back <laughs> and Jesus allowed me to see and look into that person's eyes yeah. and see how broken they were. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I was able to forgive. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and I realized that like that's the first thing that I thought of at that moment yeah. where it was to be meek is to acknowledge it, that I was that mm-hmm. I was hurt. And and to let it go, right? And to ask the forgiveness of Jesus. For That's that. interesting because you 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 said you have to acknowledge the hurt first. Yeah, and yeah. but because I, I think that's exactly I had to acknowledge it first because yeah. to 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 deny it would be a weak man who's yeah. not self possessed. Yeah. It was like you know, it's like someone for someone to be courageous, they have to be scared first. Yeah, you know, it's the same same type of thing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I had I had some thoughts on it too, but I did want to remind you too. You were talking about when you read that thing from Fulton Sheen, your mind was blown, and and that happened earlier today. Um, I blew your mind with something. <laughs> what was that? Now I'm scared. So we were doing the uh, freshman retreat, and uh, you came out rather angrily at me um, with 
with mustard and mayonnaise that I had put <laughs> now in the little packets. We, we order food from the deli, so these little packets. And I had put them in a storage closet. And you really wanted to know why I didn't put them in the refrigerator. <laughs> and I blew your mind by saying, when you buy mayonnaise and ketchup, where is it in the supermarket? Is it refrigerated? And it, you had another one of those moments. And you were saying, Costa, you're a lot like Fulton Sheen. <laughs> oh, yeah, those were my exact words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I was just trying to make sure you weren't poisoning the kids. <laughs> I was looking out for their welfare. That was nice of you. I typically don't do that. Mayonnaise been sitting in a closet for two weeks. <laughs> and I'm the only one of the two of us with a food service certificate. So. Right, exactly. Yeah, but City. with no connections. I have no connections. No, no connections. No, nobody. <laughs> one of the thoughts when I read this uh, again for the first time in a while, I, I was taken back to uh, one of the episodes from season two of The Chosen. Actually, it's the last episode of season two, right? Amazing. Where where Jesus is working with Matthew on the Beatitudes, and then he reads them for the first time. And I don't know when you saw it, if you realized what he was doing at first, but um, he he's look for each of the beatitudes. He has a person in mind, so we read them as groups. I up until I saw that I read them as groups because well he's talking about groups, so mm-hmm. that that's fair. Um, but but for each group he had a person, a person who he saw as poor, and and again Luke's gospel uses poor, Matthew's Luke uses poor in spirit. So we're going to go back and forth between the two of them. But somebody who he knew was poor in spirit, or hungry, or weeping, or hated, um, and 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 the way they filmed it, you would see that person, mm-hmm. and it's like, at the end, it's like oh my it's lord, it's a powerful scene. It's it's like so many others where you're kind of holding back the tears. So I was. You know, I I hadn't seen that in a while, but I remembered it when I watched this, and and I think one of the things I want to do between um, we're we're recording this what's today Tuesday, mm-hmm. so a few days to think about it before Sunday before it's actually proclaimed at mass is um, who in my life do I think is like that, you know yeah. that that could that could use my prayer, you know yeah. um, who who might be in one of these categories that Luke is talking about. But but then to take it a step further, when have the when have I been in those categories? You know, when could someone have looked at me and um, thought that maybe I was poor in spirit, or when do I look at myself and say I'm in poor in spirit? Um, and, and it might not be a physical poverty; it could be. But maybe ha- have I been um, have I been hungry for um, for affirmation? Have I been hungry mm-hmm. for honor? For recognition, have I been hungry for friendship, and maybe for love, um, maybe for for someone to look at me and and see me, you know, to see who I am, not who they who they think I am. Um, maybe I'm been hungry for someone who can can talk to me and and can recognize me. I would uh, we were I'd be doing some more reading. Um, we finished up the Christmas um, episode talking about a book by uh, Ronald Rollheiser, and I'm, I'm reading another one now, and he said, a lot of the ills of society today are people get in sexual relationships where they don't really want that, they just want to be seen, and yeah. they want to be known, and they use it as a vehicle for it, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so when, when have I been, um, when, when have I been like that? Um, or pick another one for weeping, you know, for those who weep. Um, maybe it, it might be for someone who died, um, but maybe it's a memory, maybe um, someone I have, uh, a part of my life that's, that's ending, 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm moving on, transitioning to a different part of life. It could be because the kids have grown, because I'm getting a new job or moving or moving to a, a new state. But there's a part of my life that's over. And there could be a mourning and a weeping for that. It could be a mourning and a weeping for perhaps a dream that we start to come to realize will not be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. You know, that God, we, we have the faith that God will always give us more than we could ever want, but there's still that weeping. It's something sure. that I wanted. So I think I'm going to really try in the next few days to flesh that out a little bit, even for myself, you know, yeah. say, how can, how can I kind of be bolstered by this reading and realize that, you know, Jesus, you were talking about Jesus dying on the cross, and it's still hard to believe he did that for me. And not, that's not like self-depreciating, but just no, hard to, when you really fathom that. Um, so to say, well, he saw me in these things too. Yeah. When he was looking around, he saw me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the, what is that Italian saying uh, that, that one man's tears are just water to you until you're crying as well? Oh, I grew up in an Irish home. I know. Grew up though, in an Irish I home. never heard that one. It's no. a, I, I might be twisting the ending there a little yeah. bit but it all of it to say that and you know to empathize and sympathize with the other you know so that somebody else's tears aren't just water coming down mm-hmm. from their eyes that it's that those tears you can sympathize and walk with those people and <clears throat> and and to treat them with with the respect due them at that moment that's that's a great that's a great phrase we talk about it all the time here because we'll have people come into our office and sometimes people kids um and sometimes they're serious issues mm-hmm. sometimes they're not sometimes it's i get a bad grade on a math test or my boyfriend or my girlfriend broke up with mm-hmm. me and as people who have lived through that, we kind of know, okay, it's going to be okay. You're going to find someone else and, right. and whatnot. But, but you know, and, and our coworker, Jess Manolini, says this all the time, it's important to them. And that's kind of what the phrase you just said means. Like, it's, 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 it's their humanity that we're yeah. looking at now. And we could say, well, you'll get over it. That's not going to help. Exactly. Yeah. Because they need you right, they need us right now. Yeah. You know, and so who, who are those, maybe, maybe you're a parent listening right now who have young kids and you know they might be breaking up with mm-hmm. their you know their high school middle school crush or whatever yeah uh and if they're crying sympathize with them mm. listen to them you know they just want to be heard they just want to be seen yeah 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 because to do that is to live out the beatitudes mm-hmm. yeah you know? yeah nicely said <clears throat> We were looking at, at very quickly some of the, um, the, the other readings for the day, and, and the first one is from the prophet Jeremiah, which I will confess I knew very little about until I just did a little bit of, of research on him. But he was preaching to Israel in a time of great destruction. It was really fascinating to, to read how they were being uh, really... I, there's, a, there's a song with use the word encompass, and for some reason they, they encompass me, they encompass me, they encompass mm-hmm. me about. Yeah. I know that word just popped into my head, <laughs> but that's that's kind of what I, I picture when I'm when I'm thinking of what Jeremiah is going through because they, they had the Babylonians and the, the Assyrians oh, and the Egyptians all trying to take their land in battles. And I think as I interpret it, I hope I'm correct on this that that Jeremiah and the Israelites are kind of in the middle of this. But what what's going on too is is a lot of great outside 
influence. And, and we know this was always part of Jewish history. It's a part of any culture's history. It's part of American history. It's Catholic mm-hmm. history. But they, they would sometimes hedge their bets and not follow Yahweh. They would follow the idols of the people who were there, the Canaanites, the people yep. that settled. So there were two gods, Baal and Asheroth, who were gods of fertility. And sometimes they would um, follow those gods. So, so Or try to intermingle them. That's true, right, exactly, not, not throw off Yahweh, but almost right. like hedge their bet. Right. Like, we love Yahweh, but you know what, these gods of fertility these guys can't hurt. Too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So A little so, bit of this, a little bit of that. So Jeremiah is fighting on all fronts. He's fighting this internal thing, and he's fighting, he's fighting the outside world as well. And, and one of the, the things that is a theme in, in his writing is that if we try true conversion for Yahweh, it's not going to work. Right. You know, that, but it's not, that, that conversion is not impossible for God. And, and that, to me, that was the takeaway for that reading, mm-hmm. you know, that, that I need to say, God, I can't do this on my own. You know, I, I, need, I need you to help me. I need, and, and usually, were we talking about this recently? Uh, surrender? I can't remember. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That idea, I just need to surrender because I, I can't do this on my own. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think that's what uh, uh, Jeremiah was fighting against the Israelites who would not do that. Right. And, we can throw that word out and we can hear it all the time and we can read about it, but to actually surrender over to the Lord, something that is uh, destructive in our life, it is a, it is an action. Mm-hmm. We have to actively do it, yeah. not just not just one day. We have to do it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, certain things we might be able to, maybe you don't have a... A, a real big deal with chocolate. So you could swear off chocolate forever, mm-hmm. you know, and, and surrender it forever. Right. And that wouldn't be a big deal. But then there were those other things that, uh, you know, that cause a, a deeper, uh, a, a deeper level of commitment to sacrifice. And then little by little, when we start to do those things, we surrender our will. Right. You know, and we surrender our will in, in, in the, the best sense of what that means. Right. And yeah. and the best way to do that is is because this is why the Beatitudes are really at the very heart of everything that Jesus spoke about in the gospels. It's his great teaching. Uh that when we when we really try to actively commit to living the Beatitudes, the conformity of our will takes place. Yeah. And then we can do exactly what takes place in Jeremiah, like listening to Jeremiah saying, like many of those outside influences, whatever they may be, you know, we can push and reject those, those idols, mm-hmm. you know, that are competing for space in our heart for the Lord, uh, that like living out the Beatitudes, uh, you know, being a person who is meek, honorable, yeah. you know, uh, uh, like forgiving, uh, and, and, uh, compassionate, like when we do that, we are we are living the beatitudes, and it's easier for our will to conform to the Lord's. I, I like how you even reminded us too about you know, leaving room for God when we take those things away, and it reminds me uh, during Advent we were talking about um, Bishop Barron and and that 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 image here of, of you know having a landing spot ready for the helicopter to land on yeah. our hearts, you know, and it's all it's all intertwined here, um, but we just can't do that on our own. And that's why I think that I think the beauty of putting the Jeremiah reading in with this the, the Beatitudes is you know pretty smart yeah. in the church. Not that they need me to compliment right. them, but right, that's pretty smart and, guys. And, and if I could, if I could end with with one thing here, 
Uh, it happened to me yesterday. It's fresh in my mind, and I think it relates very well to what we're talking about. You, you're very part of your spirituality, Rich. Is if if I'm you know remembering this correctly, is memento mori, right? Oh yeah, I love memento mori. Right, it, like focusing, like living your life, focusing on your death, mm-hmm. uh, and how appreciating it now because you don't know when it's going to end. Exactly. Yeah. So yesterday, uh, part of what I had to do. Uh, was I was covering for a nearby parish here, and there was the secretary had called because the priests were out, and I was covering the parish, and I had to do a last rites call, and I get to the house to to administer last rites to this uh, to this woman, who had to be in her early to mid eighties. Her four children were uh, around the bedside. She had her eyes closed. She was very weak, and I, you know I had to yell very loudly to her, it really for the prayer. And I told her, I said, I said, mama, we're going to pray right now. And I said, we're going to pray last rites. She didn't hear last rites. She heard, we're going to pray right now. I said, I'm father Dave and we're here to pray. She instantly made the sign of the cross and started praying the our father. Really? And we started to laugh. And I said, mama, you, you, you're jumping the gun here. You're, <laughs> you're jumping me here. And she said, blah, blah, blah. Her eyes are closed. She could barely... But she instantly went into the Our Father. Mm-hmm. And it instantly, I looked up at her children and she's praying it. And I looked at him, I said, this is beautiful right now. Yeah. I said, it's beautiful because at the end of our life, you know, like m- casting aside, as Jeremiah says, those things that are idols and making room for the, and, and developing the habits to live out the, the Beatitudes we are disposed at prayer. And I, I looked at this woman and there was nothing in her life that could have possibly mattered mm-hmm. at that moment. No amount of money that she sure. made throughout. The, like there was, there was no other possession that she had. Uh, the legacy she left behind it, like was leaving at that moment was the fact that her heart and her mind in the habit of prayer was ready for it. When I said, let's pray. Yeah. She jumped right into the, our father, like, it's almost instinctual, right? Her her will was ready. Like yeah. it's that, that and that's the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. So when you and I do our best to to weed out and push out those things to leave room for God, uh, great things happen. Mm-hmm. And uh and living that life when it comes down to what really matters at the end of our life is having that space available for the Lord. And and one small step at a time. You know, yeah. little, little by little. Progress, you know? not perfection. Absolutely. That was very well said and, and a beautiful story. And it, But it makes me feel bad. You know why? Why? Because yesterday you told me you had the parish to cover, and you'd be back. <laughs> and you never came back. Well, then I got a haircut. It was needed. There was yeah, it looks nice. Did you hair. get bubble gum with that, by the way? <laughs> but I'm thinking, here I am. Madeline and I were carrying campus ministry on our back again because you're home sleeping or something. And then it turns out you're doing something serious. Well, the, uh, the, the best part about that is like you, your perception of like putting campus ministry on your back here <laughs> is just closing the door <laughs> and, and, and letting the kids see you from the glass of the window. And you just I'm look busy. at them and say, I'm busy. I can't tell you right now. But I'm crying, Cost. I need your help. Go, Go somewhere Madalena. Get over it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for tuning in again. And we're going to have something else for the next weekend and hopefully a little more regular for your listening pleasure or so you can delete them, whichever you'd like. Maybe you have a problem sleeping at night. This is perfect. <laughs> take care. Thanks. All right. Take care, guys. All right, bye. 
If you would like to contact Father Dave or me, please follow us on Facebook at Locusts and Wild Honey. We appreciate your comments on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please tell us what you think and share with your friends.